successful media and public affairs consultant, accomplished entrepreneur and national writer and contributor, attorney who served in the Missouri House of Representatives, worked in the White House and CNN, thought leader, entrepreneur, and host who takes the conversation to the next level. Prepare to get rare access to fascinating guests. You're connected. You have the it factor. You've joined Grill Nation. Connect with Jason on Twitter at Jason Grill. Connect with the show on Twitter at Grill Nation Show and online at GrillNationShow.com. Welcome your host of Grill Nation. Always dressed up and ready to go even in a radio studio. Here's Jason Grill. Hello, this is Jason Grill with Grill Nation Show. We're on the radio on 980 AM KMBZ. We are on Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts as well as on our website, grillnationshow.com. If you're joining today on my social media accounts, we greatly appreciate you're going to be watching us today live. And I'm joined on our show today by Chad Esslinger, who is a wealth management advisor at Esslinger Financial. Their website, which I will put up here on the screen, is esslingerfinancial.com. That's E-S-S-L-I-N-G-E-R financial.com. Chad, welcome to the show, my friend. How are you? I am so energized, Jason. Thanks for having me on the show. I'm so excited. You know, over the years, I've watched friends and clients be on this, so I'm just uh, grateful to be a part of the show. Yeah, so we met, what, like, um, God, 10 years ago, was it? It was probably 10 years ago. It was Latte Land down in the Pyre Light when that used to exist down there, so how long ago that was. Yeah, we, we have a lot of mutual friends, and uh, I know you've been very active kind of in the Kansas City community, and now we kind of live close by each other, correct? Yeah, we're just right, right on the street, Brookside. I love Brookside, and uh, we could we could be running across loose park together if we wanted to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you are you, uh, are you a native Kansas City in Chad? I am not. So I actually grew up in the Wichita area, so Hayesville, Kansas, where I spent uh, – up until seventh grade, I spent my time in Hayesville, Kansas, and then my parents thought I was uh, running with the wrong crowd and decided to move me to uh, Clearwater, Kansas, a little farm town southwest of Wichita, about uh, 30 minutes or so, and moved on to five acres. I wasn't a farmer. I was just on five acres with a go-kart uh, and uh, spent my time there, graduated from Clearwater High School, and then... Uh, and then uh, ended up moving to Wichita uh, to go to Wichita State for two years, believe it or not. And at that point, I was like, you know what? I don't want to spend my college career here and ended up moving to K-State and finished my degree there. Oh, Wildcat, eh? So yeah. you, uh, when you were in school, did you always want to kind of get into financial world or finance? Were you a finance major? You know what's crazy? Um, I'm one of those weird people that from the uh, eighth grade. So eighth grade, when I first moved out to Clearwater, they had a personal financial class, which apparently is rare, um, and just fell in love with it, to be honest with you. I knew um, at that point forward, uh, I want to be in the career at some level, somehow. And so I went to Wichita, Wichita State with an emphasis in financial services from the very beginning. Uh, part of me wanted to be on Wall Street and, uh, you know, watch Wall Street, loves that uh, Bud Fox, and then obviously had some moral issues that, you know, probably didn't align with my natural integrity. So, uh, nor did I want to move to New York City. So, uh, but uh, I knew I wanted to do something in this career. I honestly just didn't know at the time what it would look like. Uh, but obviously thankful and blessed to, to do what I do now. 
So we'll allow you. We'll allow you that you're a K State, or I'll, I'll allow that. I, if you were a KU Jayhawk, I might have an issue. But um, but we, you know, we get along as a uh, as a Mizzou grad. I'm uh, I'll get along with you. Uh, I'm, today. Sure got, so, I'm sure we got some fun out of the last night's game, though. Yeah, we did. We did. We're taping this on Tuesday, of course. And uh, <laughs> those. Uh, I'm not a USC guy, but I'm more of a UCLA fan. Love that area of LA. And uh, but you know what? We'll take what we can get. Um, so, okay, so you graduated from school. What did you do after that? Did you get immediately into this world, or what happened next? So uh, I, I'd be remiss not to share what happened at K-State. So I was a senior at K-State and met my wife, Kelly, uh, who's my wife today, obviously. Uh, been together 17 years, married 14 years. But we met each other at a football tailgate, K-State football tailgate. And uh, from that day forward, she, she couldn't leave me, so she had to stay with me. Uh, and, uh, I wonder how many people met at a K-State tailgate back in the day. You know, like how many people are now married that met over a uh, keg at a K-State tailgate? You know, that's, that's a good question. I'm sure I'm sure they're all still together, right? But <laughs> <laughs> uh, so no, uh, she was from the Tonganoxie. Uh, she went to Tonganoxie High School, local to Kansas City. And uh, I knew I had no desire to move back to Wichita area. Uh, didn't know anybody in Kansas City, but um, I – you know, was trying to find a way to get there. Ultimately, went into uh, work at First American Tile Insurance Company as a sales rep. Uh, back when everybody was a builder, lender, or realtor, or in the tile insurance business when the housing market was booming from 05 to 07. And then, uh, believe it or not, uh, 2007 happened. And everybody kind of knows the story about that, but the housing market tanked. And um, I was left unemployed, living in my future in-law's basement. <laughs> and... Uh, you know, 24 broke, um, you know, living in your in-law's basement doesn't really speak well for uh, the longevity of the relationship. But, you know, finally was able to get uh, uh, on the career path and, and ended up working with High Point Financial Group. So this was July of 2007. Um, again, I was uh, really wet behind the ears, didn't know anybody in Kansas City, but just a few people I met through my time at First American Title. And, um uh, I just jumped headfirst in, and um, you know, back then it was just about networking and and trying to survive at that point. Yeah, I mean, it's a good story though. I like kind of somebody that works hard and uh, deals with uh, failures sometimes and hardships, right? I think that makes you a a stronger in your profession today. Now that you're extremely successful, you have a great family, you're well connected here. I mean, it wasn't always like that, and I think people need to realize that. Yeah, I think uh, there's a great word grit. I love grit. I think that perseverance and grit will get you far. And, um, yeah, at the time, you know, even though I was book smart, I was street smart. And uh, sometimes uh, the biggest lesson to learn is uh, handling rejection and handling your expectations. Um, And, um, you know, again, by the grace of God and just perseverance, you know, we've been able to uh, to really make some major strides and a lot of successes and, of course, a lot of failures along the way, but uh, here we are 14 years later. So, We're going to get into that on the show today. I wanted to have Chad on the show, again, uh, esslingerfinancial.com, to talk about kind of what he does uh, on a day-to-day basis, uh, how he got to this point, how he essentially – what he looks at when he thinks about investing, how he helps people, kind of the philosophy behind it. Uh, when should someone think about starting to invest? I mean, obviously, Chad, I came out of the the, the, the political world as a legislator, and um, 
let's just say as a legislator in the Missouri House, you don't make much money. And so I had literally nothing saved up uh, out of government. And so, you know, you never know. Like, you know, you have some people on some path, some people on the other. But I think it's really cool to kind of talk about it from more of a, a philosophical and a standpoint and, and, and a process. Everything's about processes. And so I'm anxious to see what you have to say about that and kind of um, based on your experience with others, kind of what you you recommend as far as kind of the high level um, engagement processes with the financial wealth advisor. Chad Esslinger is our guest today on the Grill Nation show. His website is esslingerfinancial.com. Uh, you can connect with me at always on social media. Uh, my Twitter is at Jason Grill and at the Grill Nation show. I'm also on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. Just search for my name, Jason Grill. Also, you can connect with us on uh, the Grill Nation show on YouTube and watch all of our shows uh, after we air them on the radio. Uh, looking forward to today's show. We'll be right back after the break with more Grill Nation show. Thanks for joining us today on 980 AM or on podcast or at our website, grillnationshow.com. We'll be right back. Hello, welcome back to the Grill Nation show. I'm your host, Jason Grill. Thanks for joining us today on KMBZ 980 AM. Or if you're joining us on podcasts, which are greatly uh, growing fasting, we greatly appreciate that. If you join us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, Google Podcasts, uh, there's so many of them, Stitcher Radio, we greatly appreciate it. Or if you uh, are watching us on YouTube or on our live stream on social media today, Thank you so much. We're trying to share our great guests with many more people, uh, however they watch, listen, or get our show. Today is no exception to another great show. I'm excited to have on Chad Esslinger, who is uh, the with Esslinger Financial. Their uh, their website is, I'm going to spell it out for our radio show listeners, but it's E-S-S-L-I-N-G-E-R financial.com. Um, Chad has been in the uh, wealth management advisory world for most of his career, actually all of his career, it sounds like almost. Um, Chad, let's start there. Uh, we talked about your background on our first segment. Let's kind of take it to today. What do you do? What is your? What do you help people with? How do you engage with those? What does it mean to be a wealth management advisor? Kind of take us to your day-to-day, as you will, uh, today. You know, Jason, I would say that over the 14 years of doing this, what I've learned is that um, – I think people in general uh, have a growing desire to learn and know how do I get from point A to point B? And uh, of course there's all kinds of tools and strategies and ideas that help them get there, but everybody has their own unique situation and what's important to them and what their vision and dreams are and what their goals are. And I think it's really just connecting the dots. I think that people, um, whether they're, Working with somebody or not, I think that there's always some uh, underlying anxiety that they carry with them. Are they saving enough, not saving enough? Do they know what they need to do or should do? Are there areas or plant areas or ideas that maybe they don't know? And I always say people don't know what they don't know. And I think just um, you know, waking them up to the possibility of, of what is possible uh, is important. And um, I would say in a world of financial planning, there is nothing but change. And we saw this in last year with the pandemic and 
all the CARES Act and SECURE Act and stimuluses and things that came through. Uh, and short, shortly coming forward, I'm sure tax regulation and things will continue to, to change. So uh, I think there's always an opportunity for somebody to gain new knowledge or experience. And I always say that uh, your mind's like a parachute. It only works when it's open. And, uh, and I say if we can work with people that have an open mind and are willing to share what's important to them, you know, we can connect the dots of how do we get there. Um, so in the simplest form is we actually do um, some analysis and determine are they on track to where they want to be? And if not, how do we get there? And is there some uh, strategies or ideas that are unique to them that they haven't done yet up to this point that we can help them get there? So, so I walk into you, I, I get connected, let's say Frank Shera, a, a great guy here in this Kansas City area. I won't, I won't name drop too much, but you know, he's, he was such a, a, such a stud quarterback at St. Pius X High School. I'm sure everyone in the Northland knows about him and now obviously in the neighborhood here. Um, he says, hey, you got to meet Chad to me when I'm walking my dog. And I say, cool, I want to talk to Chad. What happens next? And when we sit down and have our coffee at, at, at what what are you what are you trying to evaluate? What are you looking for? What what are some of the processes you you do um, to really kind of get to know someone? Well, let's just be honest. Frank is a very humble and very but an excellent athlete and uh, an excellent golfer. Uh, one one of which I would love to aspire to get to his handicap at some point. <laughs> uh, but no, I mean, I, and I will preface by saying that's how we get connected. People uh, will not. Despite their best efforts, they will most likely undersave or underplan, not because they don't care. It's because they're busy, don't have passion around it, don't understand it, don't have somebody they like or trust. And so days, weeks, months, and years go by, and they've done nothing about it, right? So um, I think the key is the personal connection, the relationship is the critical piece in passing the baton, if you'd say. Because uh, we're talking about people's money, and we're talking about people's you know, financial future, some of which is good and some of it's bad and ugly. And so uh, they're just not going to call me out of the blue. I can tell you that. It's, uh, I can tell you 14 years on one hand, how many people have reached out to me directly to engage in working with us. So I'll start with that. But, um, you know, in general, Jason, I would just say it starts with the relationship. You know, it's about uh, do you feel like you could work with me? You know, because we are people, right? And ultimately, the best connection, the best relationship is going to be the best advisor relationship. Because if I call on you in the future, and needless to say, let's say we do get some things implemented. If you don't want to talk to me again, that's just not going to be a good relationship. I mean, it's just, you know, inevitably, you could probably be better off with somebody else that uh, that you find more connectivity with. So initial conversation would be casual, getting to know you, what's important to you, what your goals are, you know, what you're currently doing to get there. Of course, we need to get the quantitative stuff, like tell me what you saved in, in this account here and there and all that stuff. I call that the quantitative data. The qualitative stuff is more important to me. You know, what's, you know, what's your vision? You know, if we woke up 10 years from now and we were able to start making progress towards your goals, what would you get excited about? You know, what would make you uh, feel good about the work we did? You know, and that's what we're trying to accomplish because planning is so far Sometimes it's hard to really envision, you know, how do we get there? And let's face it, today sometimes feels more important than the future. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I want to make people, you know, get them off the hamster wheel of life because we're so busy. 
and get them really thinking about what does it look like, you know, when uh, when your kids are heading off to college, and, and what is that? What what would that look like, or how would you want that to 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 uh, be handled? Uh, how would you want to retire, and and what does that look like, and in what age, and and what uh, what kind of dignity would you have in retirement? So, uh, so anyway, those would be the casual conversations, the casual questions, uh, and from that point forward, it's just are you willing to, to again be open minded and and um, and hear about you know how do we get there and, and have to have a willingness to plan right I mean it's kind of the old saying you can lead a horse to water but you can't force it to drink right right um, I completely agree and I think when I met you Chad I had uh, I I couldn't answer those questions because I didn't have any savings or money so it was kind yeah. of like hey this guy knows what he's talking about and he's a good dude but however I really have no need for insurance planning or financial planning or one, because I don't have any money, but two, because, uh, so it's just about timing. Yeah. Um, but when people, so that's another question I had for you is when, you know, I just like meeting new people. Of course, obviously that time was really cool when we hung out back in the day, but when is kind of the right time? Is there a right time to reach out to a, someone like you? Is it all over the board? Like what would you advise people that are kind of considering, you know, maybe I got a, I got some money in the bank or maybe uh, I have a, a growing family and I need to start figuring some of this stuff out. Or maybe, you know, I, I don't want to work, you know, 50 to 70 hours a week till I'm 75. I mean, what what is that time for a person? Is there a time? Yeah, I, I would agree. Some of it is timing. Um, you know, maybe it's an inflection point. Maybe it's something that happened in their you know personal lives that spurred them to to seek out or, or feel like it's the right time for them, something they've experienced, you know, personally to them, uh, a job change, having a baby, getting married, uh, waking up one day and be like, holy cow, I got 10 years towards retirement. I got to figure this out. Um, you know, whatever it may be, it, it could be just, you know, a wake up moment. Um, but we all know that the right time is, is now, right? The right time is, you know, I always say that, it doesn't matter how much money you make because you can save uh, if you can save 20 percent of your gross income, whether it's you're making 30,000 a year or a million a year, you're probably going to be on target for your goals. The problem is, um, you know, and I'll get into this in a minute, but there's three natural human tendencies that we all face that um, at some level we struggle with. And sometimes we struggle with all three of them or uh, maybe one or two of them. But uh, you know, I always say the biggest expense to building wealth is procrastination and seconds taxation. So, you know, if we can get our clients to be educated and motivated around their goals, take action sooner than they would on their own, save a dollar today versus a dollar tomorrow, we're going to be better ahead. So the timings now, it's just a matter of are they willing to, to take the necessary steps to, to, to take action? Well, that's good to know. Because um, when you said the timing is now, because everyone tries to kind of like figure out when's the market going to do this or, um, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about having a baby or, you know, I'm going to get married. I, I, I can never stop working because I'm going to have all these debt and, you know, and, and sending my kids to college. And, you know, there never really is the right time for anything. You just have to choose. Right. Mm -hmm. So you're saying it's it's always the right time to kind of think about saving. I think we learned that in maybe like second grade or fourth grade, but we just yeah. forget it sometimes, don't we? <laughs> well, I mean, the key thing is, you know, inaction is the wrong action, right? So we got to, you know, sometimes face the piper and look ourselves in the mirror and be like, okay, if, if we're really, 
if we're really going to be serious about this goal, whether it's saving for education or retirement or buying the first house or you name it, there's going to be some pain that comes with that because there's so much other things that we could spend that money on, right? You know, going on a trip or going out to eat that extra time that we didn't need to, or, you know, you name it. So, um, and quite honestly, I'm usually the bad guy in those scenarios because I'm stealing dollars away from people's you know, current lifestyle for their future self. So, but you know, over the 14 years, you start to realize that they get, they're thankful for that. So we're going to talk so much more, Chad, uh, Chad Eslinger from Eslinger financial is with us. Uh, the website is E S S L I N G E R financial.com. Chad, we're going to get into kind of some of the other parts of your practice and philosophies. I'm really, I could talk to you all day about some of this stuff. It's pretty interesting, but you're right. What we learned in this last segment is, you know, if you're, if you're not doing anything, you're kind of probably behind the eight ball. You need to be doing something or at least thinking about it. Uh, because I don't think anyone wants to, uh, be working into their 80s and 90s. Maybe they do. Um, I'd like to just do some work, but not have to really like need it, right? When I'm that old. Yeah, um, just because fun. I enjoy work and I enjoy helping people. But but yeah, we'll break into more of that after the break. We'll be right back. Look around you. Look up here. Take time to make time, make time to be there. Hello and welcome back, everybody, to the Grill Nation show on 980 AM on radio, on podcast networks, Apple, Spotify, Google, and on grillnationshow.com, as well as live now on my social media. And it will be up on YouTube on our Grill Nation show channel. Just uh, search for Grill Nation Show on Jason Grill on YouTube. You can watch all of our episodes. Really been getting good engagement there. I'm excited that people can now watch us as well as hear us. I think uh, the more things you can bring to people to engage with uh, our great guests, the better. And so sometimes people like to listen. Sometimes people like to watch. So we have both options for you. Again, I'm joined today by Chad Esslinger from Esslinger Financial. EsslingerFinancial.com. That's E-S-S-L-I-N-G-E-R Financial.com. Having a great conversation. He's been doing this wealth management advising for almost, what, 15 years now, Chad, or 14 years, you said? 14 years, yeah. So he's been in it for the long haul. We talked kind of about timing and, and when you should look into stuff like this and what factors kind of play a role, human factors. What about risk management? Is that a is that a piece of financial planning? And if so, how? Yeah, I really think about there's three pillars of planning. I think risk management, wealth accumulation and wealth distribution. You really can't have one without the other. So I think about you know, it's easy to think, you know, if everything goes as planned, you know, how will I wake up at 65 or 60 and be retired? And, and how do I save for that goal? But unfortunately, life doesn't always give us that choice. You know, we have, um, I call them what if scenarios, what, what if we don't make it home, you know, tonight? And what does that do to our family? What, what if I'm sick, hurt, can't work for an extended period of time? And how does it impact my lifestyle and, and or my ability to save for retirement? You know, what if I live too long and need some level of care? You know, what does that look like and how do I plan for it? And, you know, to be honest, Jason, those are questions that most likely nobody's asked them. You know, it's not comfortable to talk about those scenarios. If you've ever been through that experience um, with a family member or somebody close to you, you probably understand the reason and the importance of it. But 
you know, maybe that hasn't happened. Sometimes you got to put yourself in those situations. Uh, I definitely believe you have to have a plan. It doesn't always mean you have to, to do something about it, but we got to figure out, you know, how do we navigate those scenarios? I'll be honest, the hardest um, pillar is wealth distribution, and we can talk about that a little bit, but, you know, everybody talks about saving for retirement, but the, the, quite honestly, the most difficult part of the planning process is how do we create income in retirement? And I always, I always use the analogy is Mount Everest climbers usually don't get hurt on the way up the mountain. They usually go get hurt on the way down. It's around how do we navigate the downhill slopes, right? How do we get from uh, not only point A to point B, but then how do we navigate that situation once we get there? So I really think there's three phases of, of planning and, um, the hard part is, you know, mastering all three of them. And I think that's what we, we do an incredible job of is just with the gift of foresight, navigating all three of those, whether it's through our clients' experiences or my, my own personal um, life experiences as well. What were those three things again, Chad? Risk management, wealth accumulation, and wealth distribution. Important things to remember because there's a lot of pieces of this pie. Um, insurance. Do you guys help people with that or is that something you don't? You don't deal with. Yeah. Yeah. We help with that. Um, you know, we're uh, I call it the the life planning, uh, you know, estate planning, uh, not necessarily the, you know, the property and casualty, the auto and home insurance, which is also important. And we talk about it. But we talk about more about protecting the human life value. You know, what is it as long as you're healthy and able to work? What does that equate to over your lifetime? Mm-hmm. And how do we protect against that, whether it's through an illness or injury in the event of a, um, a premature death. So, you know, we cover those, we quantify and measure it, and, and we give them a, um, uh, tools to be able to solve for that. Um, and again, it's all about timing and whether they want to face it or how they want it to combat it. Uh, our job is to provide ideas and recommendations, and uh, you know, their job is to determine what they want to focus their energy, time, and money on. And uh, so we just do a comprehensive view and, and basically, you know, put ourselves, if we were in your shoes, Jason, this is what we would do. And here's how we would uh, achieve it. And we're just going to prioritize and determine how we want to move forward on those, th- on those things. Chad Esslinger is with us. He's a wealth management advisor at Esslinger Financial. You are connected to Northwestern Mutual, aren't you? And how does that play a role and help your uh, business? I know you have a relationship with them as well in your own company. You know, Northwestern Mutual, uh, great company, used to be the quiet company. They're, they're obviously more visible uh, with their marketing uh, platforms and things like that. But financially strong, uh, you've been here since 1859 uh, and uh, you know, just a strong company to align ourselves with. Uh, you know, great resources, really care about their, their advisors. Uh, not only that, but the development of their advisors. Uh, we... Uh, I just think that it's a great long-term place for our our practice to be, and uh, just blessed and thankful that we're we're a part of it. And um, I think the direction of the company, the vision of the company, is is as strong as now than it ever has been. So I'm excited for the future of what uh, they have in store. You know, I love your mission statement um, at EsslingerFinancial.com. It says bringing clarity to complexity to help others achieve their full potential. Mm-hmm. That's a powerful statement, isn't it? You know, that took years with my coach, my personal coach, Tim Bass, to uh, to figure that out. Uh, you know, really connecting it you know, from my head to my heart, right? Like, how do I really, me personally, b- believe I bring value? Uh, you know, I'm a, 
don't know if you've ever done Myers-Briggs, but I'm a oh, DJ. Yeah. So I'm very process-oriented, linear thinker, non-emotional. I just, you know, and sometimes it's connecting my heart to my head that, you know, I have the biggest struggle with. So, uh, but I, I truly believe that what separates, I guess, myself is that I'm a constant learner. I'm very um, logical in my decisions and thoughts. Uh, we're very um, strategic and, and you know, we have a broad base of knowledge. I got a thousand letters after my name and my, my wife. Yeah, I didn't want to introduce those. Those are crazy. <laughs> I, I thought a JD behind mine was uh, was enough, but you have like six or seven acronyms behind your name. I just got word uh, uh, yesterday that I have another three coming. Uh, advanced <laughs> Let me just tell our listeners, uh, if you go to esslingerfinancial.com, uh, E-S-S-L-I-N-G-E-R financial.com, and you see Chad, Chad has about – a hundred different things behind his name, which means he's, he's gone to a lot of school or he's uh, had success to where he can achieve certain things where people give him all these things. <laughs> well, it's, it, the saddest part, Jason, is I, I've done the math. I think there's 24 exams I've taken to get just to those letters. Um, and those are the pro- anxiety right now, Chad. Oh, you know, I'm thankful I did it when I was young. I don't think I could do, you know, with my nine, seven and three year old, I don't know if I'd have the time. To get all those done now, but um, but you know I think it's important. I think it's a duty to our clients to continue to reach to our highest level, right? I, I never feel like the exciting part about me personally and professionally is I don't think I've reached my true potential yet, uh, and I think that maybe I never will. But uh, I, I'm always striving to to see how I can improve and how I can get better, and uh, and that's I'm a constant learner. I, I think that. Um, I think it's important today for that to, to be a part of your. I think it is too. And you got it. That's one of the reasons why I do this show is because I learn from people like you each and every week that come on. This show's all about the guests and it makes me a better person. I think um, just hearing the stories and the advice and the examples that are shared and the knowledge. And I hope that uh, that makes me a better person as well. I want to get to a quick question. We've got a three minutes left in our third segment today. What has technology done to your world and your industry in a positive way? How has it helped you and consumers? And then maybe kind of take us through a few trends that you've seen that have become more mainstream over the last five years with, with your, with your uh, business. You know, I was, I was quasi talking to you about this, Jason, but it's crazy. Over the 14 years, my, my first start in the industry, I literally had a shoebox with note cards in it. And that's how I keep track of who I was going to reach out to that day. Uh, and I, if I didn't carry my shoebox with me, I would forget who to call. Right. <laughs> and uh, now, I mean, everything's on my iPhone and obviously we have streaming services and we have, you know, Ring Central and Zoom and, and uh, the, the reach uh, is broader. I think we're, you know, uh, licensed in 19 different states, clients all over the country. So you have, you have, I didn't, I didn't ask you that. Like with your, your business, you have, you have national reach. So you can help yeah. people in all different parts of the world. Or the United States, um, not just Kansas Cityans. That's correct, and some of that's the clients have moved and, and, and stayed with us, or we just got connected to folks across the country. But um, I think because of the level of comfort with technology, people are more um, okay with that. Um, where when I first started, I think seventy-five to ninety percent. I mean, that's probably maybe a hundred percent was all in-person meetings. I would drive all over Kansas City. You know, if you had a job and you're willing to meet, I'd meet you in the Northland and I'd meet somebody in Overland Park the same day. So now 
uh, wouldn't dream of doing that. I mean, we can do everything to be a conference call or, or a go-to meeting or ring central. Uh, and COVID just expedited that. I think, um, you know, I, I've had, I got uh, an office downtown I've been to and met four people over the last year at, um, and the rest have all been in you know, over, you know, uh, uh, conference call or ring central. So uh, I, I think that's a blessing, but it's also a negative because I'm just an extreme extrovert and sitting in my, my home office all day, not uh, connecting and meeting people in person, you know, drives me nuts sometimes. And uh, I think there is an element of lost connectivity with that. I also will say people's time is shorter. You know, when I first got together with people, it used to be easily an hour and it'd be okay to meet at a coffee shop or lunch and spend an hour. Now it's 30 minutes, 15 minutes. It's really quick. It's succinct, which is fine. We can do all of that. But um, I do think that technology, you know, has impacted those things. Definitely has. And you don't have those those martini lunches like they used to have what, in the in this video, oh, no. no, you know, like Mad Men style. Chad Eslinger is our guest, Eslinger Financial. We're going to be right back after this next break on the Grill Nation show. Thanks for listening today on radio on 980 AM on podcast. You can join us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, or on YouTube or on our website, grillnationshow.com. Thanks for joining us today. We'll be right back with our final segment of today's show. show here on 980 AM or on podcast or on our website, grillnationshow.com. Also appreciate all those joining us on my Facebook, LinkedIn, or Twitter page. We're with Chad Eslinger from eslingerfinancial.com. Great guy. We're going to probably have to have him on again because there's so many different things uh, we didn't talk about today. And I've already already, uh, teed Chad up for a hopeful uh, second or third appearance this year. But Chad, um, wanted to get into the three things, the three human tendencies that you think are uh, the most important or impactful, I guess, when people are looking at investing or or wealth management. What what are those three human tendencies? I know there's something you wanted to share on the show. Yeah, I mean, real quick, I think this is where all the value is created. I think obviously strategic thought, ideas, and recommendations are critical. But uh, all people, at some level, struggle with all three of these. First is we procrastinate especially around things we don't want to talk about or deal with, which procrastination, again, is the biggest expense in building wealth. And so we just know that if we don't have anybody holding us accountable, kind of like that morning workout we don't want to do, you know, we want to get in the best shape of our life, but it's hard to sometimes get to the gym, you know, so. I don't know, your dad bods are kind of in now, Chad. Yeah, yeah. So, go on, I don't want to interrupt. No, but I was just going to say, I think that uh, sometimes it's that human element that gets us off the, uh, you know, gets it off the, the, the to-do list and gets it done, you know, having somebody hold you accountable to your goals and getting you to, to, to take action. Sometimes the first step's the hardest. So the first one's procrastination. Second is we tend to spend first before we save instead of save first before we spend. And what I mean by that is we all have the best intentions to save money at the end of the month, but the money's never there. And we don't treat it like paying ourselves, like, you know, like paying a bill. We're always good at paying bills because there's a deadline and there's a time frame that we need to pay it. But if we don't pay ourselves first, there's never any money to be saved. I think that's going back to the principle. If we can just save 20% of our gross income systematically every month, we're probably on target to goal. It's just a matter of doing it. And sometimes if we wait till the end of the month, all the best intentions, the money's never there. 
The third is that we are incredibly emotional about you know saving, planning, and investing. We make the wrong decisions at the wrong time. We buy at the high, sell at the low, and we always do this not because we don't understand the principles of it. It's just incredibly uh, difficult to steer you know market volatility and and make you know the right decision at the right time. And so we want to make logical decisions, not emotional decisions. And uh, never more did I see that happen over this past year with the pandemic, March, April, May of last year. It was a challenging, you know, short three months to to keep people, you know, off the ledge. And thankful for for our clients and, and for us, we were able to uh, to keep uh, cool heads prevailed in that situation. So uh, again, we just want to eliminate or mitigate that. It's not going to be a, a situation where we completely eliminate those three natural human tendencies, but if we can just educate our clients around that, then I think that they can usually nod their heads, say, "Yeah, I." one or two or all three of those let's let's challenge that let's face it great great information on those three tendencies um let's get to let's get to some quicker questions here chad as we finish today's show and again i'd I'd love to have you back you just you're just spewing some really great knowledge today man um thank you so much for joining me this is awesome this is the kind of show i like to do because it's more about kind of deeper thoughts than it is about you know Hey, we're having an event on Saturday. You know, we're we're excited to see all of these people show up. No, um, so what? Uh, what is the best advice you've ever received? I feel like you probably received a lot of good advice in your life. Is there something that you can you can share with those that are listening? Is if they're uh, business owners or maybe they're they're just in a nine to five job that uh, they want to expel, they want to continue to grow in uh, and excel in? What What is some of the best advice you've received that maybe you've kind of stuck with in your career? That's always a tough one because I've had so many good mentors, coaches, and, and people uh, along the way. And, and I always say, Jason, everything I say has been stolen somewhere along the way. Somebody said it and I, I wrote it down or, or it became a part of me. Uh, but I, I would say early on is, is you know, if it's, easy, if, if it's worth fighting for and if it's, you know, if it's easy, it, it's probably not worth fighting for. You know, I think that if you really want to get to where you want to go, you got to get out of your comfort zone and manage your expectations. I think, um, you know, you got to take risk, right? I mean, about sometimes about living is, is taking that risk. And, uh, you know, I know several points, and I'd say one of the more prouder moments of my career is, you know, me and my wife, my wife started a salon when she was, you know, 20 years old, 21 years old, and I was starting my financial planning practice at 24. I remember both calling each other up and be like, everybody canceled. We don't have any meetings. What are we going to do? How are we going to pay the bills? And uh, we're just sitting there crying. And we're like, what are we going to do? And I'm like, we're never giving up. Why would we ever give up? I mean, this is the time to push forward. So so you married an entrepreneur as well. Yeah, absolutely. And that's the only reason I'm still in this business, to be honest with you. <laughs> well, that's a smart move, man. I, uh, I, uh, I think people that have entrepreneurial tendencies – uh, are able to maybe adapt on the fly pretty well and deal with failure. And we've mentioned some of the early failures and what you learned from that earlier in the show. What's one word to describe you and one word to describe your business? Oh, man. Uh, I, think, I think you kind of alluded to one in the first segment. I don't want to give you a, a, yeah. a here, but go ahead. Well, I definitely think um, extrovert. I am an extreme extrovert. So I get so much energy out of being in a meeting with people. Uh, whether it's professionally or personally, I think people uh, would, if, if anybody that knows me, are like, oh my gosh, Chad uh, cannot sit still. He's got to be in front of people. He's got to talk to people. So I would say extrovert personally, uh, professionally, I'm just 
perseverance. Perseverance would be the, the, the word. Sometimes it's not always the person that uh, has all the great ideas. It's the one that is willing to continue to, to move forward um, despite adversity. So I, I think uh, perseverance and, and just um, having that grit the ability to put forward when things aren't always going as planned. That was the word. That was the grit. Grit yeah. was the word. Great answers. If you were, uh, if you could have dinner with somebody, uh, one living person, one that is a Kansas Cityan, and one that is not, who would those people be and why? Oh man, that's a toughie. And I just threw that in the mix just to see what you'd say. Yeah, obvious answer. Somebody that's not here but that is now is Patrick Mahomes. I'm just a huge sports fan, and Patrick Mahomes and his leadership, his positive energy. You know what he's capable of, and, and is, that, again, is that just a play chat to get him as a client? Yeah, I mean, I want to make him a client. <laughs> I want to make him a friend first, a client second, right? So, uh, no, uh, again, I think he's again another guy that hasn't reached his true potential. I don't think yet. So it's, it's exciting to see him on the beginning of his career. Uh, I would say a more serious answer, um, you know, uh, not or Kansas City, and I'd love to hang out with would be Paul Rudd. Uh, I think he would be just a, a riot to hang out with. Or uh, outside of Kansas City, I love Matthew McConaughey. I don't know why, uh, from days and confused in his early years to, to what he's achieved now, I think not because of his performances and what he's been able to do, but how he's lived his life. He kind of lived his life how he ever or how he's always wanted to. Yeah. Fame has not impacted that, whether good, bad, or indifferent, right? But uh, I really want to Matthew McConaughey is on quite a high right now because of his his book and and his, you know his kind of his openness, I guess you would say. Now 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 he's thinking about running for governor of Texas, which is when all of that kind of stops as far as getting into politics. And so yeah, hopefully, yeah. hopefully he uh, will be interesting to see if he actually is serious or not. But if he is, that will be a crazy race to follow. Whoever he's running against, just to see his what he's like during a debate. Uh, you know, that'd be hilarious. I love it. I would I would get behind a debate, a Matthew McConaughey versus a standard politician debate. Yeah, that would be interesting. I, I, I have not read Green Lights yet, but my wife has, and she said that's my next book I need to read. Well, that's one I need to read too. And Chad, um, I really appreciate you coming on the show. Obviously, I, I think you're, you're, you're just doing great work. You shared some really great words of wisdom today, and we just kind of scratched the surface. I mean, there's so many other things, and people connect with Chad. Again, he's a uh, at Esslinger Financial. They're EsslingerFinancial.com, E-S-S-E-S-S-L-I-N-G-E-R, Financial.com. He lives in the Kansas City area, but works with people all across the country. Chad, I want to thank you for coming on the Grill Nation show today, and uh, hopefully we'll see you again soon. Jason, thanks for having me. It was awesome. It was a a riot. And I hope that we get another chance, and I'm sure we will. And thanks to the listeners for joining us on social media, on 980 AM, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, or on GrillNationShow.com. Shoot us a message sometime and let us know uh, how we're doing. If you think there's a great guest we can have on the show, and always connect with us on social media, at Jason Grill on Twitter or at Grill Nation Show. Have a great day, and we'll talk to you again next week. 